Praise the Lord. All right. Well, welcome, and I'm sorry we're a little late. We, again, in all this technology, you got to have technology if you're going to be on Facebook Live, and you got to have technology if you're going to do YouTube. And um, this is our, just to, we just want to welcome all of you. I'm Pastor David Kufal. Um, this is New Life here in Wapaton, uh, North Dakota, and we're glad that you could join us from wherever you're at. You know, the fun thing is they might be out on, a, on their boat in the middle of the lake with a line in the water. Well, maybe not at this time of day, um, but, um, but you know, God is good. They might be camping, and they're joining us from their campsite, and uh, that's exciting, too. Um, just, just a little story. We were, uh, were looking at maybe doing TV at home differently. And so we were checking out YouTube, and um, I was curious to see how things look on our YouTube channel. So I went to New uh, Wapiton New Life on uh, YouTube, and all of a sudden, Bodhi sees me on YouTube. He says, oh, Dad, you're famous. I said, why is that? Because <laughs> you're on YouTube. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about being famous, but I know that I love Jesus, and I want to lift him up today. Amen. And so we're going to get into the message, right into the word this morning. We're still in James chapter 4. James chapter 4, if you have your Bibles, open up to James chapter 4. Um, and we're going to continue on uh, from where we left off. So we're on part 2. So now in the booth, you need to jump over to slide number 6, please. Slide number 6, please. So you're going to see her go through all this. Just to remind you, of here in our, at our campus, all the things I talked about last week while she jumps over to slide uh, six. We, we've been, um, and so slide six is Lord Search Me, part two. And you see in there the big letters, the cure, the cure. And we were talking about last week, our misplaced passion. Can you go to the next slide on that? The next, our, our misplaced Placed passion. Is our passion in our flesh, or the lust of the flesh? Are we lusting after money? Are we lusting after new cars? Are we lusting after new computer programs? Are we lusting after um, whatever we're, freedom? <laughs> well, what are we, you know, I'm talking about freedom to roam and not have to wear masks and stuff. That's not a bad thing wanting to have that, but what are we, our, our, is our passion in the lust of our flesh, in things, in our hobby, and of um, things that replace the Lord? That's the kind of thing. Or is our passion in Jesus Christ and the cross, the work that he did for us on the cross? Now, Jesus isn't on the cross today. Jesus is sitting at the right hand of God the Father. When I talk about Jesus Christ having our passion in Jesus Christ on the cross, I'm talking about it's the work that he did there. That work that set us free. That work that got us forgiveness. That work that our healing is in. You know, by his stripes you're healed, right? Do you believe that? So we go back to the cross. Our sanctification isn't done through works. Our sanctification was done because we put our faith in Jesus Christ. What did we put our faith in? That he died for us so that we could be saved. And if our sanctification is in that, then all of a sudden we are living a holy life because our passion is in Jesus Christ. You see, if you're trying to work out your sanctification and all your works, 
It's not going to work because you'll fail. Whenever we try to do things in our own strength, those things fail. But when we do our when we do all things in his strength that he gives us, we succeed. Can you say amen? amen. Come on. Come on. So we left off last week with this verse. James 4, 5, through, 5 and 6. James 4, 5 and 6. And, and the, the thing that I said before we left last week was let's make sure we are humble. You see, having your passion right will also cause you to be humble. Now, humility is not that you're beating yourself up. Did you know that? No. Humility is seeing yourself in right relationship to Jesus Christ. Humility means that you put Jesus first and not yourself. Did you know that if you can't be humble, that's a, that's a mental disorder? Did you know that? We're not going to get into it, but if you can't be humble, that's a mental disorder. Because if you can't be humble, you can't love yourself. Isn't that interesting? If you can't love yourself, how can you love others? Our humility needs to be in Jesus Christ, however. Let's look what James um, 4, 5, and 6 says. It says, Or do you think the scripture says in vain, The spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously, but he gives more grace. Did you see that? He gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you and praise you for this message today and for all those who have joined us on Facebook and YouTube and our podcast and on Twitter. We ask you, Lord, that you would bless them, bless us as well, speak to our hearts, build us up, Lord, and Lord, truly become Lord of our lives. Search our hearts, Lord. Remove whatever is in the way of serving you. Remove whatever in the way of being having your joy. Remove whatever in the way, Lord, that keeps us from able, being able to live for you. I thank you for this in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Lord, for your anointing this morning. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So let's get right into the cure the church needs today. And there's six steps to the cure. Did you know that? There's six steps to the cure that the church needs today. Uh, and, and, and you're going to be surprised when we get done. This all goes back to 2 Chronicles 7.14. But James explains it more in six steps of what we need to do if we want to see the cure come to the church that the church needs. You see, I mentioned last week, judgment starts at the house of God. Judgment starts at the doorsteps of the church. If we want to see healing come to this nation, we must humble ourselves and turn from our wicked ways. And the Lord says he will hear from heaven and heal our land. And you say, well, what have the church done wrong? Well, have we kept our focus on Jesus Christ and him crucified? Have we focused on the, right, the, the tree of life? What's the tree of life? The cross. Come on. You know, we weren't allowed to eat of the tree of life until Jesus died on it. Come on. Now we can go to the tree of life freely because Jesus is the one who paid the price so that we can live for eternity. 
Come on. What, what, but what have we been doing in the church? We've been preaching a lot of other trees. How to be a better mom and dad. How to be a better salesperson. How, how to overcome your, your this and that and the other thing. And we preach psychology. Well, let me tell you something. Psychology is, has its place. But it will never set you free. Only Jesus has the power to touch your mind and heal it. And set you free from, from the burden you have. Only he can reach into you and fix what's wrong with you. All you. If you just take it to the cross and yield to him and say, Lord, be Lord of my whole life. <coughs> Excuse me. So the first thing we must do to have the cure, number one, is submit. Oh, my word, we don't like that word in America. We haven't liked that word since the 90s. We haven't really liked that word since the late 80s. It's a myth. But the Bible says here in James 4, 7, Therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. My word, some of you tell me, Oh, that devil, he's been really afflicting me. He's been bugging me. He's been making things hard on me. But the Bible says right here, Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Are you getting it? Submit to the plan that God has already provided, which is the cross, that work that Jesus did. We do this by strictly looking to Christ and what he has done for us at the cross, where Satan was totally defeated. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Where was Satan defeated? He was at the cross. What do you think Jesus was doing up there? Just sitting or holding on? Until he died? No, he was doing real spiritual welfare. He was beating the devil. And then while he was in the grave for three days, what did he do? He went down and he took the keys back from, the, from Satan, didn't he? He says, you no longer have control. I have the control. And then he led the captive free from Abraham's bosom. Think about all that. He wasn't just laying around in the tomb. He was busy doing spiritual warfare for you and me. Jesus won the battle. He won the war at the cross. Armageddon might be coming, but the war was still won at the cross. So we need to submit to God's plan and look to the cross. That finished work. What did Jesus say? It is finished. Why are you walking around letting the devil don't torment you? Submit to God. Submit to his, his plan. Submit to the word of God. And the devil will flee from you. Besides, he can't stand around. He can't stand being around somebody who's in love with Jesus. Come on. Number two, recognize your need for God's lordship. Recognize your need for God's lordship. You better be paying attention to me, church. This is where the church has been lacking in the day we live. We just go to church, think we just go and sit in our nice, comfortable pews, watch from home on our couch, or actually, more likely, we're laying in our beds, right? Drinking our mochas, our lattes. No, 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 no. And I'm not telling you, you got to get dressed up in a three-piece suit to worship God. No. What you need to do is recognize your need for God's lordship in your life. You know what this is talking about? Sanctification. 
I was looking at Facebook this morning, and a young minister says, how do you world on our reports, because our reports are going to be due again for us ministers, how, how do you mark down who's been sanctified? How, how do you do that? Uh, Timey was trying to figure out how to answer that question um, on the application to become a minister of the Church of God on sanctification. And finally, I just said, have you called him Lord? Have you totally surrendered to him and he's now Lord of your life? Have you ever totally surrendered? Well, I got saved. Yes, you got saved. But have you gotten to the point in your life where he is completely Lord of everything in your life? That's what sanctification is talking about. What does James 4, 8a say? Draw near to God and he will what? Draw near to you. Is that not what it says up there? Draw near to God. Yep, that's what it says. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Jesus, the Heavenly Father and the Holy Spirit, God should be made first in your life. Everything else should come after him. He is Lord. My word, the church used to sing that old Gaither song so much, he is Lord. We used to fall in love with Jesus and sing, he is Lord. Then all of a sudden somebody came along and said, oh, that's so passe, why are we singing it? My word, it's still not passe. How many times do you get in trouble during the at times and you return to the old hymns you return to the low choruses and what happens the Holy Spirit comes in with an overwhelming flood and he helps you out of your predicament you know what we need to start saying Lord Jesus you are Lord do you know that one day every knee shall bow every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord why should the Christian wait why should you and I wait we need to be saying Lord you are Lord of my life you come first in everything we should want to feel close to him to feel his presence when we come together as a church when we gather here in new life and I'm telling you folks if you live in the Wapenan area you should come on over and join with us and be in service live you should want to feel there's something about when you get together with brothers and sisters in Christ when you get together with others it says in these last days we shouldn't forsake the assembling of ourselves together because we need one another. We need that camaraderie. My word, how else would you have heard the message given in tongues and the interpretation this morning that was talking about, and, and you know what? It made me preaching today easier because it was talking to my sermon. The person who gave the message in tongues and the interpretation had no idea what I was preaching today. Knew probably if they watched last week, I was going to be doing part two, but didn't understand exactly where I was going with the message, but the Holy Spirit did. I don't know if you noticed, but you pay attention through this sermon, and you're going to notice how much that message that was given today in tongues and interpretation dealt with the, with the sermon today. And let me tell you something, this was not really planned because I didn't know the person was coming to church today. Come on. That was all the Holy Spirit. I love the Holy Spirit when he does stuff. Come on. We should want to feel close to him and feel his presence. 
That's what always sets us Pentecostals aside because we're always desiring to feel his presence. Oh, did you feel what you were feeling as I sang that special this morning? Draw me near, 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 precious Lord. I can see your hands up, your eyes, and your worship. You were feeling so close to the Lord this morning. That's what we should desire in our lives, not just on Sunday morning, not just at prayer meeting on Thursday night, but I'm saying every day of the week. Number three, part of the cure. Boy. This is like taking a handful of uh, vitamins in the morning, isn't it? Now we're up to number three. The third thing we need to do is confess. Confess. Look at what James says in, in the rest of verse 8 in chapter 4 there, 8b. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts. And look what he says. He's talking to Christians here. You double-minded. Are you tired of being tossed on the sea? Are you tired of being tossed around by every wind of doctrine that comes along? That's what he's talking about, being double-minded here. He says, cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Without proper knowledge of the cross regarding the sanctification of the saint, the sanctification of the Christian, it is impossible for the believer to live a victorious life, a victorious Christian life. That's why we need to understand. That's why we need to say, Lord, cleanse me. Cleanse my hands. Cleanse my heart. Don't let me be double-minded, but let me get focused on you. And if we get focused on Jesus and on his word and what he did for us on the cross and understand, he said, it is finished. And then the rest is easy to believe. How does faith coming by hearing and hearing what? The word of God, right? How did you get saved? And when you got saved by faith. Right? By grace you are saved through faith. Is that not true? Not of works. Lest many men should boast. This is why I'm saying our, our sanctification is done through faith in the finished work of the cross of what Jesus did. Because if we start putting our faith in him, guess what? It's easier not to... Uh-oh, I'm going to meddle now. It's going to be easier not to smoke and chew and run with those who do. Remember that from the old days? Well, now I got some young preachers yet laughing at me, but that's that's what it was always talked about. And we always tried to do it because we had to do it through work. So we're not going to run with those people. But I'm telling you something. If you go ahead and put Jesus first and you get sanctif let his sanctifying work work on you and you get keep focus on the work that Jesus did for you on the cross, guess what? Those who smoke and those who chew won't have any effect on you. Let me tell you something. You'll start affecting their lives and maybe they'll get saved. Maybe they'll get saved. I wish I could just say they'll all get saved. But some people choose not to go to heaven. And that's the sad thing. Jesus did so much work on the cross so nobody has to go to hell. I wish that all would choose Jesus and go to heaven. But that's why we're going to focus on the harvest. If we keep focused on Jesus, guess what? We're going to focus on the harvest because we want to be obedient to him. Amen. First John 1 John 1.9 speaks to us Christians. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You see, confession is a good thing. Confession does the body good. It cleanses you. My word, you can use your dial soap 
You can use Pantene to wash your hair. I don't know what you use. I don't use Pantene, by the way. I use, it doesn't matter what I use. I'm not doing a commercial here. It doesn't matter what you use to wash your body. You can only get your outside clean. But I'll tell you what, only Jesus can clean the insides. And if you want your insides, just confess. And you don't have to come and confess to me. And please don't confess to Hal. He's, he doesn't want to carry your load. And, 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 and don't bother Judy with it. You take it straight to Jesus. He is the propitiation for our sins. That free gift that was given so that we can be forgiven. That's what propitiation means. He is our intermediate. He is the one sitting between us and God the Father. You take it to Jesus. And what does he say? He will he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Aren't you glad? And this is how much he cleanses us. The Father gets involved in the cleansing. Come on. He puts it in his, he puts your sin in his sea of unforgetfulness to remember it no more. Can you say amen to that? He goes ahead. He puts our sin as far away from him as the east is from the west. Have you ever, my, Alvin and Marion just got back from the Black Hills. Now that's pretty, that's going pretty far west. My word, but wasn't there more west to find? My word, even if they got to California, if they, who would want to go there right now? But even if you got to California, isn't there still more west to find? And, and praise God, and then you turn around and you start going to east, and you get over there to Boston or New York, and who would want to go there right now? Um, and, 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 and you find, but you know what? Those folks have souls, so be praying for them. Let's pray for our nation from sea to signing shame. But you're still more east to find. And there's still more west to find. You can never find east and west. That's why when the temple was set up, it was set up in an east and west, um, facing east and west. God was saying, when you bring your sin offering to the, to the temple and you burn it up on the offering, it says, I am showing you from right there. He's giving us a type. It's as separated as the east is from the... Isn't that awesome? I can find the North Pole. In fact, the North Pole has shifted some. Did you know that? It's shifted some. And I can find the South Pole, but I can't find an East Pole or a West Pole. And I'm so glad because God has separated our sins that far from Him. Number four, not only do you need to confess your sin, you have to have dismay over sin. Dismay over sin. Think about that. James, I, I, it follows the next thing. This is the next thing that is right here. James 4, 9 says, I forgot to put the verse up there, didn't I? Oh yeah, it's up there. Lament and mourn and weep. You know, we don't have people do that in the altars much anymore. I remember back in the 80s, people would come to the altar just weeping and lamenting and pouring out their hearts to God. I remember sinners coming to the altars to get saved and the tears would just flow. We, we've, made, we've made getting saved so easy. Verse 9a, lament, mourn. And do you lament and mourn and weep over your sin? My friends, none of us are perfect. This ever brings us to lamenting, mourning, and weeping. 
Oh Lord, cleanse me going back. And oh, what do we do? We go back and we, we, we cleanse our hands. How we confess to Jesus, but it moves us. This verse right here, this part of the verse refers to our consecration, consternation. I should have found a simpler word for me to say. This refers to our consternation of our having looked to anything other than Christ and the cross. Do we do that? We do. What do we do sometimes? Do we turn right to God when we have problems? All the time? You know what? At one time when we were younger, most of us, we were taught to turn to take it to the Lord. What do we do now? We run to the doctor. We, we grab a hold of self-help books, right? We'll, we'll, we'll go to YouTube and look up something on YouTube. All oh, that speaks to my condition here. And we'll, walk, we'll, we'll look to everything but Jesus first. Come on. Don't, don't tell me it's not the truth. Have you looked at the landscape of Christian TV? How many doctors are on there telling you what pills to take, what pills not to take today? Do you know the number one programming on Christian television are self-help stuff and, and health things? Did you know that? Over the preaching of God's word? Why would we want the counterfeit for the real? Why would we want the counterfeit for when we got the real right here? All the answers we need is found in this book. All the answers we need is going to the throne of grace. All the answers we need is to say, Lord, heal me. Nothing wrong with going to the doctor. Nothing wrong with taking the right vitamins. Nothing wrong with eating correctly. Nothing wrong with learning how to do those things. Nothing wrong with exercise, if you like that kind of thing. <laughs> Nothing wrong with it. But when it becomes your go-to, instead of this, and the Lord Jesus Christ, this should be your go-to. And then, okay, Lord, Give me wisdom. What should I look for to help me with this? And he will give you the right ones to start listening to. Because you know what? There's a lot of people out there telling you this and that and the other. All right. I'll give you a good example. How many understand this COVID thing and what we're really supposed to do? Right? They tell us that in the beginning, don't wear masks. Now they're telling us to wear masks. They told us that we flattened the curve. Now we're seeing a spike in the curve. They've told us this. They've told us that. We get so, it's like, all right, can we take a time out, everybody? Come back to us when you've got it figured out and we'll follow what you have to say then. Right? Please, folks, continue to wash your hands and not pick your nose. I know that's, never mind. Now I'm going to get feedback on Facebook about that one. That's okay. Number five, the fifth thing we need to do. The fifth thing we need to do is repent. Well, pastor, you already talked about confess. You already talked about having dismay over sin. Yes, but repenting, that's how you get to repent. That's how you get to the fact that I need to turn away from this thing that I've been going after. Right? <clears throat> Why do you think James writes verse 49b? 
Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Now, he's not talking about that you can't laugh. He's not talking about that you can't smile. He's talking about this all goes back to verse 8. This is all part of the process. As you're confessing, as you're weeping, now you're repenting. It's all these three things. Two, three, I'm sorry. Um, three, four, and five go together, but there's steps that you need to take, and repenting goes with it. Because I'll tell you what, you can feel, all right, how many raised little kids? Yeah, or are raising little kids. All right, Susie, we're eating dinner now. You cannot have a snack. We're going to be eating dinner in about 10 minutes. You can wait on a snack. Well, Susie, what does she do? She sneaks a cookie out of the cookie jar. All right? And Susie gets caught eating the cookie out of the cookie jar after she was told not to have a snack because it's going to ruin her supper. Now, Susie can get all teary-eyed and cry because... She why she got caught. But that doesn't mean she's repented of taking the cookie. See, she didn't go through, yes, mama, I'm sorry, I took the cookie, I shouldn't have taken the cookie, you said I should take the cookie, don't, be, don't, don't punish me by giving me a whatever. Right? She's confessing, I took the cookie. Then she has, and then she's crying and she has to say, oh, I'm so sorry, I took the cookie. Because she doesn't want to get in trouble. But she hasn't repented yet. Right? Repentance will take, come with a change of behavior because the next time mom says, you can't have a snack, guess what? Susie's not going to sneak the cookie. If she hasn't repented, the next time mom says, you've got to wait, we're going to have dinner in two minutes, she's going to find Susie with another cookie in her hand. Because her behavior hasn't changed. You see, repentance changes behavior. See, we, we got to go through all the steps and then change behavior. Right? And some of our behavior we can only do by relying on the Holy Spirit because we don't have the strength in ourselves. Come on. How many here, how many people do we know that have gotten wonderfully saved and they're still struggling with cigarettes? Right? They just want to get rid of the cigarettes. They feel bad about the cigarettes and all that stuff that goes with it. You know, we're not, I'm not picking on people with cigarettes. Come on. And, and they just haven't been able to repent of their cigarettes. Because it's so, but when they finally, when the person finally relies on the Holy Spirit for strength, on Jesus, and understanding that the work he did for them on the cross was finished, all of a sudden they, they have freedom over that addiction. That's why I use cigarettes, because that's one of the hardest addictions to get over with. Mm -hmm. Anybody here who's struggled with that knows. Don't you, don't you just love those folks who got saved one day and the next day, next day all their addictions were gone too? Yeah. And, and don't you wish that it was you? And you go, Lord, why did you let Joe be set free from those addictions? And why am I still struggling with it? His faith is no stronger than mine. And the Lord says, yeah, but... Joe's faith isn't as strong as yours. He needed to be set free right away. What? But, 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 
No buts about it. I dealt with Joe one way and I'm dealing with you a different way. Start relying on me and you're going to find you're free. Come on. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy to gloom. This refers to true repentance, which means we confess our sin at looking to that other thing than the cross, thereby seeking forgiveness. Well, wait a second. You mean if we were doing it in our own strength? Lord, forgive me for trying to do it in my own strength. Oh, Lord, forgive me for trying to do it in that self-help thing. Lord, forgive me for not turning to you first. Does that make sense? We need to do that because he wants, he wants to be first in your life. We must repent not only for the bad, but for the good as well. By that I'm referring to our dependence on good things for victory in our lives. Instead of seeing our victory is our dependence on the cross of Christ. Do we ever do that? Oh, sometimes we rely on the bank account. Look how much God's blessed me with my bank account. I don't have anything to worry about because i got a bank account. No, no, no. If we would just realize it's not the bank account we have faith in. We, we have our faith in the Lord because the bank account could disappear. Right? But my faith is in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm going to, Lord, I'm sorry that I'm looking at my riches. Lord, I'm sorry that I'm looking at just at mama to keep my faith strong. Lord, I want to have my own faith, not just mama's faith. You mean there's people out there like that? Yeah. We know them. You meet them. How many of your friends that live around you, their faith is in God because their mother's faith was in God? Or their grandmother's faith was in God, but they really don't have their own faith in God. And that's why you've been praying for them. Pastor, I hear you do it all the time. Will you just pray for me? I've been trying to tell my friend about Jesus and that he needs to ask him into his heart. He just thinks he's going to heaven because his mom goes to church. Remember, God doesn't have grandchildren. He only has children. Amen? And the sixth thing that we need to do goes back to where we started this morning. You've got to get humble. He says in verse 10, he says again, humble yourself. And we could have sang this this morning, but we didn't. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he will live you up. Oh, oh, I just heard you thinking it higher and higher. Humble yourself. As we have constantly stated until it becomes real in our lives, I'm going to continue stating it. This refers to looking to Christ and the cross, which is the only humbling process in which a believer can truly, truthfully engage. Here, let me give you a better picture of it. Picture it this way. When you gaze upon the work Jesus did on the cross, so you could be saved, it will humble you. Think about it. Boy, oh boy, we started the sermon late, so I'm just a tiny bit over. I want to sum it up with this. If you would gaze on the cross of what Jesus has done for you, it will humble you. Do you ever say, do you ever rehearse your salvation? Do you ever go back and say, thank you, Jesus, for saving me? Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me. Thank you, Jesus, that heaven is my home. Do you ever do that? I'm telling you something. If you would do that, boy, oh boy, what that will do for your heart. Do that, I challenge you, for tonight before you go to sleep. Just thank him for your salvation. 
This sums it up. We're going to, I put it up there side by side. Second Chronicles 7.14 says, if my people, isn't this what we've been talking about? If my people, that's the church, that's you, that's me who are saved by the blood have called on Jesus for salvation. If my people are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. Do we not need healing in this COVID world? We sure do. And James adds to this in verse 6. But he gives more grace. Oh, hallelujah. You see, we're looking at the Old Testament. Now we're looking over at the New Testament. The Old Testament is the Old Covenant. And it says if we would just do this, at what 714 says, he'll heal our land. But then James gives us under the New Covenant. He says, but he gives more grace. Can you say amen? amen. Do you need more grace today? Oh, my word. We talked about having repentance. But you know what the good thing is? He has given us grace. His love covers a multitude of our sin. He loves us, and so he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, so we humble ourselves. But he gives grace to the humble. Oh, my word. So today, when I get done here, and I say to Judy and Loray at supper time, our dinner time, I say, oh, man, did I preach good. Guess what? Lord, I just need more grace right now because I need to humble myself. It's not me, it's you. Amen? Because all of a sudden I'm lifting myself. Oh, Lord Jesus, do your work in our lives. And I just want to quickly um, close with looking at verse 11 and 12, which goes back to last week's sermon to close it all. Wrap part one and part two together about not judging each other. Leave the judging up to God, folks. Do not speak evil of one another, brethren. He who speaks evil of a brother and judges his brother speaks evil of the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who are you to judge another? Right? Do you see that on Facebook all the time? People arguing. That's why I told you last week, act like Dory as you're on Facebook. You don't have to stop and comment on everything and just keep scrolling, just keep scrolling. Just You can put a like there, you can put a heart there, you can put a mad face there. You don't have to comment and get yelled at there. And you just keep scrolling. You don't need to judge others it's like so many Christians do on Facebook. Oh man, have you ever seen some of their comments? And you just want to say, are you even saved? Am I telling the truth? Let's not judge each other. But let's lift each other up in prayer. Let us not set ourselves up as judges. Let us build each other up even in correction. And when we have to help when we see a brother and sister stuck in sin, go prayerfully. Go in meekness. And build them up by telling them the truth. Remember, we're not God. Christ is the judge. And my question here as we close, is he 
the Lord of your life. Is he a Lord? Is he the Lord of your life? Have you put everything under his lordship? Is he first in your life? Or is there something that comes before Jesus? We'll get that straightened out today. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you and praise you for this word today. And Lord, I, I ask you, Lord, that you would touch those who are watching on their devices and touch us here, Lord. That, Lord, you would just search our hearts. And, Lord, is there something that's coming before you, Lord? We surrender it. Lord, we want you to be the Lord of our lives. Lord Jesus, I pray if somebody is not saved today and they've tuned in, I pray, Lord, that you would touch their hearts and they would call on you today to be saved. If you're at home and you want to have Jesus in your heart, just say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Become Lord of my life. I want to live for you. I thank you for dying on the cross for me so I can be saved and heaven will be my home. Lord Jesus, thank you for saving me right now. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, welcome to the family of God. You are now one of his children. We look forward to seeing you this Thursday night at 6.30. Um, for, we're continuing our Bible study in Galatians. Next week, remember, we'll be live streaming at... 10.30, 10.30, we will be live streaming next week. And uh, we look forward to for you to join with us. If you're in the area, please come to our campus at 1021 South Center Street in Wapenden, North Dakota. Join with us at 10 o'clock next Sunday morning or at 6 o'clock on Thursday nights. We look forward to seeing you and we're praying for you. And please, I hope that you're praying for us as well. God bless until we see you again. Bye-bye.